Okay, one, two, one, two. Is this thing working? All right, it's working. Okay, so what's going on, guys? Uh, welcome to the Living Beyond podcast with Taylor Nicole. Now, if you guys have been following me for a while, then you probably remember the podcast as Conversations with Taylor Nicole. But um, after doing that first season, I really realized I had a passion for doing this podcast and it's something that I wanted to scale and expand and really take seriously. And so uh, I said in my last episode that it's gonna, I'm coming back bigger, better, and uh, with just more of a variety of content. Um, and so what, you, what to expect from this podcast? Well, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of things from society issues to faith, to love, to relationships, to my own experiences. And uh, what I'm hoping to do is that it uh, opens up your mind. It uh, helps us to have healthy conversations among ourselves and, um, you know, edify, edify and, and, and obviously bring glory to God. Okay. And so, um, as I was preparing for this podcast, I was trying to think of what did I really want to talk about in the first episode. And um, so uh, while I was studying the word and, uh, you know, kind of going over some things and um, this message, this is the message that came to me as I was studying. And um, the message that I have for you guys today is giving God your only, giving God your only, giving God your last. You know, we could say giving God your only, giving God your last. Uh, you know, often, often in uh, in life, uh, we can get in situations and circumstances uh, where we just feel like we are just we're standing on our last leg. You know, you just feel like you're standing on your last leg and it just feels like life has really gotten the best of you. It feels like you don't have anything left to give. It feels like you just don't have enough. You just can't keep going. And, um, you know, whenever we get to that place mentally or spiritually, emotionally, whenever we get to that place, it, it really... I know for me, what it, what it has done to me is it's created this mindset of scarcity, this mindset of never having enough, not having enough, don't, don't have anything to give. And um, as I look back, you know, and some of the situations I have been in and some of the cycles that I have caught myself repeating and going through over and over again, and, you know, um, it was due to that mindset of lack, that mindset of scarcity, you know, have you ever seen somebody or known somebody, uh, maybe even you yourself have, have you ever, you know, been in a situation where you feel like you just were repeating the cycle over and over and over again, a year after year after year, the same circumstances are coming up, the same scenarios is coming up, you're in the same spot that you thought you were moving on from, but you're back in the same spot and you realize you haven't made, you know, any real progress in that area that you wanted to make progress in and you just can't figure out why and you're, you so desperately, you just want to break the cycle. Um, and so as I was reading the word, um, I'm going to actually share this with you guys because this is tying into the message. So um, 
I'm going to read to you from 1 Kings 17, verse 8 through 14. If you guys want to pause this and get your Bibles out and follow along, that's fine. It'd be like a, you know, like a little Bible study session, okay? Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm going to go ahead and read this to you guys. Um, so I'm in verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, get up, go to Zarephath that belongs to Sidon and stay there. Look, I have commanded a woman who is a widow to provide for you there. Now, I'm just going to give you guys a little background about what I'm reading. So I'm reading um, about Elijah. Okay. And so Elijah, uh, God tells Elijah to go to this land. He tells her, he tells him that a widow is going to be there waiting for you. I've commanded her and um, she is going to provide for you. Okay. Now I'm going to continue to read this. Elijah got up and went to Zarephath. When he arrived at the city gate, there was a widow gathering wood. Elijah called to her and said, please bring me a little water and a cup and let me drink. As she went to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. So Elijah is, you know, He's 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 taking God's word for it, right? He he sees the widow and he's like, okay, this is the widow that God must have been talking about. And he's making his request. He's like, okay, uh, I need some water, I need some bread, you know, I need a little bit of that, a little bit of that water, a little bit of that bread. Okay, and so he's putting his his request in because he's he's God has told him she I commanded her to provide, okay? And so um uh, we're gonna go ahead and read some more of this and see how the widow um the widow responds to his request. It says, but she said, as the Lord, your God lives. Notice how she said your God, right? She's not even acknowledging God as her God. Um, but that's another, another whole nother thing. But she said, as the Lord, your God lives, I don't have anything baked, only a handful of flour in the jar and a bit of oil in the jug. Just now I'm gathering a couple of sticks in order to prepare it for myself and my son so that we can eat it and die. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, because I mean, when we just read this in a couple of verses ago, uh, God said that he had a widow that was going to be there to provide for you. But when Elijah gets there, this this widow, she is she is struggling i mean she is in the probably a worse she's probably worse off than elijah okay her her situation is is severe she's saying that listen all i got is a little bit of this bread a little bit of this oil a little bit of this a little of this flour just enough for me and my son so we can have our last meal together and then we're going to starve to death i mean that's She's in a jacked up situation. So you you sent me. So I imagine Elijah might have been thinking, you sent me here, and this lady, <laughs> she's she's worse off than me. Right? At least that's what I would have thought, right? But Elijah doesn't respond with uh, uh, that a scarcity mindset. Because Elijah could have said, Listen, listen, God, I went to the lady. She obviously she didn't have anything. To give me she only had enough for her, her son so obviously you must not have commanded her because you know she doesn't have anything but that's not what elijah does elijah responds and he says to her 
Don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a small loaf from it and bring it out to me. Afterwards, you may make some for yourself and your son. Now, you just looking at this practical wise, like that's a lot of nerves for Elijah <laughs> to be asking this lady who's on her last leg to give give me your last. Give me your, give it to me first. And then, you know, after I'm hooked up, then you and your son, uh, you know, you can make y'all a little something, something. Like, ain't that a lot of nerve? That's a lot of nerve. But let's read the rest of this. For this is what the Lord of God, the Lord, not the Lord of God. So this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The flour will not become empty and the oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the surface of the land. So he tells her to give me your last and in return, it will be multiplied. You're going to get, you're not going to run out. As long as we're in this drought, you're not going to run out. You're always going to have something to eat. Now, you may be thinking, I, I, I would think in today's world, if somebody said that to me, I'm thinking, I'm going to think you're a scammer. You're scamming, okay? And what I see here is a test of, of faith on both ends, on hers and Elijah, because it took Elijah to have faith to not walk away and say, well, God, she, she doesn't have anything. He didn't say that. He, he said, well, just give it to me. Obviously, you know, God said you were going to provide. So provide me what you're going to provide me with. And I trust that God is going to take care of both of us. Okay. And so it seems like he asking her for a lot, right? But is he really asking her for a lot? Because you think about her situation. If, if she would not, if she would have given her, giving her bread to her last to Elijah. And let's say Elijah was a scammer, right? He was a scammer and he ran off with her bread, okay? What, what would have changed in her situation? Nothing. She would have died maybe a, a day or two sooner, but nothing would have really changed in her situation. So... By not giving, she'd had so much to lose by not giving. And she had everything to gain in giving. So do you see where I'm going here? Do you see where I'm going here? So I'm going to read another, because this, this, this passage also made me think about the passage of Matthew, right? A passage in Matthew when... Um, Jesus is feeding the, uh, the 5,000, right? Or really it was like 20,000, right? Cause it says besides men and women, well, besides children and women, right? And so, um, in verse 16, right? We're going to start at verse 16. I'm going to give you a little background. If you haven't, if you never read this passage before, you know, the disciples are with Jesus. Jesus has been preaching to the multitudes all day. Is getting, he's got thousands of people gathered. It's getting late. And the, the disciples are, um, are telling Jesus that, Hey, Jesus, you know, um, 
you should send them away so they can go and get food because we don't have enough food to give them. So you need to send them away so they can go and buy some food for themselves. But Jesus tests their faith and he, and he says, uh, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And so I want you to keep that word only in the back of your head. Keep that word only in the back of your head. Because remember the lady, she said, I only have this and that. And so the disciples response is, but we only have five loaves and two fish here. And similar to Elijah's response, Jesus says, bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. And so what it made me realize is how we get so scarcity-minded sometimes that we're, we end up holding on to the very seed that God wants us to plant, that he wants us to sow. Because we see the seed and we, and we think at it and we look at it and we say, well, it's the only thing I got. And if I let this go, what else do I have? If I give this away, you know, what do I have for me? And so we hold on to that seed instead of sowing it. You know, what if the widow would have held on to her seed? Because see, your seed could be, could be anything. It could be anything that you have right now at this moment could be the very seed that that you've been holding on to that God has been telling you, sow it, sow it, sow it, give it to me. And you've been saying, no, but it's my last. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't have anything to give. If I give this away, then what do I have? And God is like, if you give it to me, you're going to have more than what you had. I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to tenfold, twentyfold, thirtyfold, forty-fold, fifty. You know, we can keep going. How much do you want? So many of us, and and I'm me included, have been holding on because of that of that only that mindset of only right and only. You know, it's not just a scarcity word. Only can be used in abundance as well, right? Instead of you saying, I only have this, you can say it only takes this, right? And so that's what I've learned to do with that word only. It only takes this instead of I only have this, right? Let's say like if you have a friend, okay, right? Let's say you have a friend and your friend is in um, a really lucrative business, right? Your friend comes to you, your friend says, hey, you know, man, uh, you should really get into this business, dude. I'm making like $80,000 a year now. My first year of business, man, it's been great. And you're like, wow, you're making $80,000 in your first year. I want to make $80,000 in my first year of business. How did you do that? And your friend tells you, well, you know, first you got to go and get certified. If you're going to get certified, well, well what it takes to get certified? Oh, it's just $500. Oh, well, $500? I don't got $500 be trying to get certified. No, I can't do that. Uh-uh. I, I only got seven hundred in my bank account. I get five hundred dollars. I'm only have two hundred dollars. Then, then what? Then what? Scarcity. Instead of saying, "You only got," I only have. 
your mind should be your mindset should be it only takes it only takes five hundred dollars not not you know I only have seven hundred dollars you know what I mean so now your friend is out here in the second year business you know uh now 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 he don't made hundred twenty thousand in second year business and you're still holding on to that little five hundred dollars that you didn't want to let go of probably don't even got it no more probably don't even got it no more. Because you didn't want to sew it into anything. You wanted to hold on to it because you got into that that, scarce, that scarcity mindset of I only have. It's not enough. I don't got it to give. Then it just makes me think, what if the widow didn't take that step of faith and then take that leap of faith and say, well, this is all I got. I'm not about to give it to you. Could God have intervened and still provided for her? Sure, of course he could have. But there's a, also a possibility that she would have died. A lot of us are, are you know, a lot of people. And, and I really, like when I really think about it, there's so many people who are who died with the seeds that they were supposed to plant and they never got to see they never got to see the full fruits of life. The full fruits of God's, all of God's goodness in their lives because they died holding on to everything that God was telling them to sow. I don't know who this message is going to reach. I don't know what you're holding on to in your life. Maybe you're holding on to a bad relationship, right? Maybe you're holding on to a bad relationship. You're with a guy or a girl and you're thinking to yourself, I'm not going to leave them because, you know, this is the only person that I ever loved. This is the only person. And then, you know, God's been telling you, you need to leave that relationship. This person is not for you. This person is never going to, this guy is never going to marry you. He's never going to treat you right. He's never going to do right by you. This is not the one I want you with. But you're, uh, but he's, he's the only man I love. He's the only man I can ever see myself with. He's also the only man who's mistreating you right now. He's also the only man that that's wasting your time. He's also not the only man in the, of the, in this world. You know, God didn't stop making men when he, when he made him. Right. Maybe you're holding on to a job that's mistreating you. Or that you're not you're not making no progress at this job. It's a dead end job, and you won't let go of this job, and you can't get any other opportunities because this job is in the way, and you're afraid to take that leap of faith. Because I've been there, I've been there. I took a leap of faith. I I've been unemployed and went through the process of trying to find a better position, and so I know it's scary. But the way I saw it was there's thousands of jobs out here. Why well, I'm going to sit here and be letting this one get all of this out of me. Not not making any progress, not no no uh no you know, I there's no room for me to grow here. It's time to move on, right? And God's been trying to tell you to move on and so you can so you can advance in your career, but you're just oh, but this is the only job I know how to do. This is the only job I've known. I've been here for 5 years and and you know you're stuck on that on that 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 only that mindset of scarcity that mindset of lack 
you know, there, there's, there's so many things that, uh, I can go here and, and, and use as examples. But, um, you know, if you're listening to this, I just, I want you to know that, you know, wherever you're at right now, it gets better. It's, it, it can get better for you. It will get better for you, but you have to not block your blessings, not block God moving in your life because you're putting him in this little box of only. God is not a God of only. You know, I can't, you know, I don't even try to try to predict what God can do in my life no more because I just know it's probably way too big for me to even imagine. I know whatever I can dream of, God can go, it's like God can can do outdo me. He's gonna God can God can outdo me. Whatever blessings I can think of, God can outbless me. So I don't even try to put no limits on him anymore. I don't even try to. I just let him let God be God. And I know that he's a God of abundance, not of lack. So if you're listening to this, I really hope that this resonates with you, that this edifies you, that this really sits well with you and that you're able to meditate on this. And maybe you may want to rewind this, replay this and go back and, uh, you know, pick up some of these scriptures and you go read it for yourself and really meditate on God's word and and get out of that mindset of lack. Because, you know, I, I see way too many of us Christians falling into that, you know, one of the, one of, one of the things that really broke my heart was I was on social media the other day and I'm going to say this and then wrap it up guys. You know, I know I, 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 I sound like I was closing out, but then I'm, I, now I'm going off again, but I'm going to wrap this up. Then I'm going to close it out for real. Um, I was on social media and there was a comment about the Tesla guy. I think his name is Elon Musk, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, somebody left under the comments and I, you know, I'm assuming that they were Christian and saying, you know, there's no way you can be that successful and be a Christian. Like you gotta be, you, he, he must've sold his soul to the devil. And that was like, wow, really? And where do you think Satan gets his power from? You know, like he's not doing nothing without the authority of God. And so it has showed me how the Christian community, they think that God don't want to bless us like that. Like God don't want to let us have billions or, or, you know, like things like, like they really put this box on them. And so many of us are falling into that. We have this, you know, we always talk about prosperity gospel, Right. But we don't we don't talk about the the poverty gospel, the, the the poverty mindset. And I think that that's probably even a bigger issue than, you know, prosperity, if I'm being quite honest. So anyways, guys, I really hope that this resonates with you and that you are able to be edified in this. I don't have much else for you guys, but I just ask that uh, you stay safe out here, especially if you're in Texas right now because we're getting snow. A lot, a lot of crazy stuff been happening out here in Dallas, Texas, man. Uh, Crazy. But anyways, uh, thank you guys for tuning in and I will speak to you all next time.